0: I'm Annette Klozowski, your host, and I'm along with Annie Brown, our producer and co-host. Welcome to another episode of Leader Spotlight.
1: Yeah, and uh, today we're going to be doing things a little differently. Um, So, you know, most of the time Annette will be, you know, interviewing people and uh, uh, talking about their stories. But, you know, I thought since, you know, Annette's one of my favorite leaders, uh we would talk to her a little bit about uh a little bit about her story how does that how does that sound in it that's good we're going to turn the tables yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right and i don't even know hot what seat. You're gonna,
0: i don't even know what you're going to ask me so all right all right well, let's see yeah
1: well you know i just think it's good for uh listeners to kind of know um a little bit about you the host and and what makes you tick and so One of the things I actually, you know, I'm excited to talk to you about, um, uh, just as someone who, uh, you know, works with you every day and uh, admires your leadership style, I was just kind of wondering, like, how do you see yourself, you know, as a leader, you know, and I guess you could talk a little bit about um, the organizations you work with, and maybe how leadership styles change with that. But, you know, I think more specifically, like, how do you work with in employees or, uh, even colleagues and things. And, and how do you kind of bring leadership into your, uh, work life? Okay.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because what I do is leadership development, executive coaching. I work with teams and most people, let's say if you're a website, website designer, you, it's like the cobbler's kids have no shoes, you know, you're, you don't really have the time to invest in your own website. So it might not be at the top. What I do for a living, I really don't, I can't afford to do that. So it's interesting. I'm not really thought about that, but I have always, I've kind of always had a slant towards learning and developing and Mm -hmm. leadership style. Just, I've always wanted to better myself. And I think as I've grown through my career I've walked through those doors before I coach or train or teach it. So, right. I would say it's evolving. I think my leadership style's evolving and until I I got to the point where I became very aware of myself and how I respond to situations. Mm. How I perceive things the way I look until I really entered into a phase of of a higher self awareness th- that I think my leadership really de- started to develop or heighten and yeah. it, it's like a level of maturity maybe in leadership,
1: yeah definitely and I think you know I think your point about learning is really important because I know that working with you and when you're talking with other people um you know you're you're looking to learn from other people just as much as uh you know just as much as you know you're maybe giving direction or giving guidance but you're also looking to the to the other people for guidance or for expertise or to learn something from them and that, so i think that's a really interesting kind of uh, perspective to leadership is that, you know, looking to the people that you're leading to learn from them and, and grow from them as well. And they kind of see that and it builds their confidence.
0: Yeah, I I think the people I coach are great leaders, you know, they're at the highest levels of an organization, I facilitate the women's executive board. Right. And then I have the women's president's organization, I chair that group for Oklahoma. And they're just all top leaders. And I see just a lot of great mentors and examples of what works, what doesn't work. And, and you start having this perspective and visibility into what you do as a leader, how that impacts people, organizations, culture. And so I'm hy- I'm probably hyper aware because right. it is my lane and what I do. But um, it fascinates me too. I love dynamics. I love studying. I love observing. That's why I like to go into organizations and work with teams is I love seeing the dynamics and watching the culture and how that develops and grows. So it's very interesting to me.
1: Yeah, that's neat. And I think, you know, too, I hadn't really thought about that. But because you work with like the Women's Executive Board, Women's Presidents Organization, these executive leaders, it's kind of like, you know, when you start to surround yourself and we end every episode with, you know, the top top four and we'll go into your top four later. But, you know, when you start to surround yourself with these sorts of people, it kind of, even if you're not like specifically like taking notes or like writing stuff down, stuff just kind of sinks in. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess the like, kind of leading in from that uh, learning, um, you know, recently you became... Uh, a Forbes contributor, which is super cool. And you've been writing a lot about uh, artificial intelligence. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about that, about, you know, what you've been thinking is interesting of that, how that impacts leadership, and what are some kind of topics that you're excited to explore there? I'm sure there's a joke there about artificial intelligence
0: and me, but (laughs) I'm going to skip that. Okay. So AI, um, yeah, it's, I don't even think it's forward thinking anymore at this point. I think having people really understand how AI is going to impact everything we do, not even, I mean, not even just for work, but personally and what life would look like. And, you know, I really am going to take different aspects and it may be on just photography. How's it going to change the um, photography industry? industry I might really focus on what what would a personal assistant look like if it was an AI what right. would um, your marketing efforts look like with AI how are startups going to be able to raise money and do the things that they do with AI so I think we'll cover the the spectrum I know you and I work together on this and um, you know we're, I, I just want to hear what people would like to know I don't want to cover the the things that everybody covers, I want to go out and try to help people really grasp it. But um, I think it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm enjoying yeah. the kind of the process of, of getting, you know, getting better at that craft and in learning to take a topic or a subject and be able to um, extrapolate out where that's going to go and to build the pictures, like paint the pictures so people can understand.
1: Yeah, because I think for a lot of leaders, you know, you're not, a lot of leaders of technical companies don't necessarily have, you know, a technical background. You know, they're there to be the executive, to help the business run. Um, so, you know, if you are in a company that maybe AI is is coming in, helping to understand just even the basics of it uh, will help a lot in understanding, you know, get kind of getting creative on where you can apply it. Yes, yes. And I, I also just was thinking, uh, you know, related to AI and stuff like that, you've done, so you're currently on the board of uh, SurveySaurus, which is um, a, you know, basically a people analytics company. So kind of getting data for um, the people of your company and how to build culture. And I know you're a big advocate of culture. Um, so I just want to talk to you a little bit about, you um, I guess first of all, what culture means to you, how you've kind of uh, built that into your work life, and then also uh, on the other side of that, how your how how you and also other companies can bring technology like AI, like big da- data, like uh, you know analytics into uh, their their people matters into HR. Okay. Well,
0: culture, the bottom line of culture is you want an environment where people want to get out of bed, want to come to work, they want to progress your mission, whatever that is, and you want them to be effective. And you want a whole team that has all their oars in the water at the same time. And they're willing to invest in getting better and better as a team. So if you think of rowing, you can't just jump in a boat and people go on well, like on a road today and have no plan. It, yeah. It's, it's that ability to do that. So in order to get people engaged, get them to be connected, you build a culture around that. It's that magnetic thing that pulls them in that they want to stay. They want to invest. They want to go above and beyond the call of duty. You know, that that's what culture is. It's looking right. at how we do things what's the environment what you know how can we be effective long term short term and it's it's paying attention to that which is that's a lot which you mm-hmm. know I didn't say anything about you know selling the widgets or doing what it is your company does it's it's a it's a wraps around that it's everything around that so that you can do what your mission is the very best you can with the highest level of talent on your team and you want to retain you know we always say that cliche you know our people are our greatest asset and then we invest the least amount in our people mm-hmm. we invest in everything that's wrapped around our product and sometimes we invest in you know reaching our customers but i really feel like if the companies that invest in their people they retain they attract they're able to be more efficient they have people that you know, start treating that business like it's their own, they yeah. become more innovative, they think outside the box, you know, they're the ones that are connecting like an owner would. And, and you can't get that engagement if you're not investing in in your your people. The analytics part is really interesting. I use the analogy of there's probably not many companies that would think about mark doing marketing without some kind of an analytics dashboard where you're able to see who's clicking what's getting results what you're posting uh how many opens i mean like all that is common language now and it's just data it's just data points to show are you tracking are you getting you know is it pulling you toward the goals that you're trying to reach so with people the problem with people data is companies have existed where you might do a culture assessment with one company. The data lives in their database. I might do some 360s on my leaders, but that's going to live with another database. And then, you know, I may do some surveys and do some training and I get my data just spread across a lot of different entities. There's no, there's no way to analyze that unless you're keying in that data Across the board. So I can't just say, hey, of all your leaders, what are the top three competencies? What are the lowest competencies of everyone that's taken a 360? And then what does that look like over your um, culture assessment? Are you seeing anything? And so what I love about Surveysaurus and what they're doing is they're really building a platform where all of that data can live. You know, anything you're going to do with your people, survey, assess, you're going to do any kind of evaluation. You can really do it on that platform. They have a culture survey. They have 360s. There's just a you know an area like a I think they say anything a monkey can do they can do right. But, and I and I love that because then you're really able to start looking at the data in one place. And and that's really where where it's going. I think in HR they've done a great job around the employment um, um, what would they call that? The hiring process. So they can, yeah. they do a great job around compensation, turnover rates, you know, the thing that's benefits and compensation. I think they are a lot further in the, um, analytics than they really are on the side of leadership and culture. Mm, so just finding yeah. and there's, you know, there's a lot of great products out there, It's just, there's not a place where you can put all of that data in one and have a dashboard so that I can really start pinpointing. Yeah. One of my favorite stories was there's a, is actually, it's a publicly traded company. And what they were finding is they had one location that had high turnover rate and their injuries. They had a lot of injuries in this one location and everything they were doing across the board was, was the same for the other locations. And they could not figure out what was going on. And after they just happened to have a CEO that was very in tune with culture, they just started getting all of their data points out to see like what is different there. And one of the things that they found that was different there is their United Way giving was significantly lower there. So Uh across all of their locations, they were at like 80% of all employees of other locations donated something to the United Way. This location, I think, was under 20%. That was like the only data point that was really different. So they thought, well, let's see if we can't do education. Let's go out and really start talking about what that is. Let's get them engaged and see what happens. Um, the leadership, you know, they weren't really being deemed the leaders in their 360s weren't coming up you know, with any red flags. So they just did a heightened um, kind of campaign on that one data point and they saved millions in accident rates. And huh. it's interesting because who you wouldn't have found that unless you were really, really looking for a point like that. But what they did find is when people felt like they belonged to something greater than themselves, you know, they were all contributing and going to do, you know, different um, community service events together a team, they felt more like a team or people cared around them. They kind of had that friend at work that checked on them. So whatever that happened for them in that location and that culture changed that dynamic. And um, they did save in accidents and it took them a few years to really start seeing that, culture change at that one location
1: that's so so interesting yeah well i I think that's interesting too because that could be a whole uh episode or you could do series on like you know examples of these culture things because i find that you know in in culture uh or when you're talking about business like when i when we met at women's startup lab when we um you know when i was working with other businesses culture was kind of last thing like culture is something you do when you already have a million dollars in revenue and you've got extra money to spend but like stories like that point to the fact that like it is so foundational yeah culture is foundational it really it really is um
0: you you have to have that Sense of belonging that I'm here because I want to make a difference, um, especially with the younger generations. You know, mm-hmm. they're very mission and social uh, impact focused. That companies that, wh- whether what you do has that built in, if you don't build a culture around we're making the world a better place or we're helping people in some way. Uh, people don't, they just don't want to engage in a company. They don't, they just see, it just seems like that's kind of worthless time for them. So companies are going to have to, and, and culture is visible now. I think that's different right. too. It, it glass door. There's so many things in social now. If you're going to go work for a company, a, uh, a potential employee walking in an interview, they know a whole lot about what goes on internally than we've ever known before, mm-hmm. and and that reflects. And so, companies have to pay against pay attention to culture because it's visible. And the companies that don't care, they're just going to have a problem. They're going to have a problem attracting and retaining people. And yeah. I think the stats like uh, millennials, there it's like over forty percent will not work for Fortune five hundred companies because they're too the structure the there's too much bureaucracy there, you know, a lot of that, they're just not going to go work for companies like that.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think too, you know, I, something I've heard you say before, and I think this goes to the visibility of it is that employees are kind of the new customer. Cause you know, if you mm-hmm. uh, treat your employees like you do your customer, like very responsive, caring about their well being being sincere, being authentic, uh, providing for them in a way that that then translates, you know, to the bottom line. And like you said, you know, employees, just like customers, can write, you know, bad reviews for you online. They can uh, prevent you from, from getting future talent. They can even, you know, prevent you from getting customers. So uh, I think that's kind of an interesting way to look at it. Um, and so the the last thing I, I want to uh, just quickly ask you about um, was how, you know, because I know that you do... Um, a lot of work with, um, you know, charity organizations or kind of volunteering and and things like that. So I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, one thing you do that I think is really interesting is um, giving back to the, uh, it's Oklahoma State, right? The Oklahoma State basketball team? No, Annie, it's the University
0: of Oklahoma. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Although I do, I do root for Oklahoma State at times, but no. OU, the University of Oklahoma. Okay.
1: Yes, I was there. I should have gotten a full like Oklahoma University lesson. But okay, so you do the OU women's basketball team. You go there and talk to them a little bit about like how they can translate their uh, skills for, um, you know, in sports and translate that into uh, business. And just, you know, before we do our top four, I thought, you know, talking about that might be might be pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm part of a group called Sooner Stilettos. And it's a group of women who really um, at the, you know, kind of at the request of Coach Cole go in and help the ladies really understand that um, this college basketball career isn't their peak. You know, Coach Cole always say, "If, if this is your peak in life, um, you're missing out on a lot, a lot of rewards and joys in life. And so she doesn't want their college basketball career to be their peak. So she's assembled this group of women from all over. I mean, there's people that have held every kind of position. There's stay-at-home moms, there's educators they're all across the board, and they mentor these women. So they, they are there to help if they have questions to connect them to, if, a, if one of the ladies decides that they want to be a physical therapist, they can actually talk to women that are doing that. What did you do? What did you study? What was that path like? What would you do different? And there's some that want to be coaches. So they get exposure to, you know, junior high coach basketball coaches, high school basketball coaches, college basketball coaches, and people that thought they wanted to be coached, but they found this because you know, when you get to be older and have been through the college career, you look back and you had no idea what opportunities there were. You know, you were only you only knew what you knew. And so our job okay. is to really expand their thinking of the thing, all the things that they could do, what is out there. Um, and then also, I think college athletes probably in general, you know, they spend their entire lives practicing in the gym on the field whatever their sport is and they don't know how to translate those skills to a resume and they don't really know why you know like okay yeah they have a degree but they played basketball so they really don't have a great resume and so we help them a lot with what companies look for and how to translate you know because what I see these young women doing their work ethic is about what they are able to handle with class schedules, practices, games, pressure, you know, social media, all the expectations they have, Um, you know, the work ethic, they have leadership and they're learning a lot about communication. They're learning a lot about team dynamics. They're learning a lot about managing um, what happens on the court with everything around them, you know, fans, media, administration. And so like those skills are, are, are unbelievable when you go to, and I think they stand out when you, when you would go interview with, with girls that have played basketball versus, you know, just a, a student that came out. So we help them. We help them with getting confident about that, getting confident in interviewing. We bring in people to speak. They We bring in people for them to meet. Um, and, you know, Sherry Cole is really I find because of what I do in my background, you know when I really got to know about their program, what she does for that basketball program is probably very unique she 's very in tune with culture, they read books, she teaches them leadership skills, they have a language they she has them really learn about themselves, so there 's a whole self awareness and for them to be better in whatever areas that, th- that there are. There was one I thought they had a new um, performance center that opened up and dedicated. And there was a young woman that uh, I guess Coach Cole could not be there. So she took a young lady on the basketball team and asked her to speak at the dedication. And it was like the most terrifying thing for this young woman and uh, stretched her, really stretched her. And she, I think, was probably a little bit upset that she had to do it. <laughs> but now when she looks back and you, if you were asked her, she was like, that was the biggest stretch. And I'm so proud of myself that I stepped out. And so Coach Cole does a lot for those, those women that prepare them for life after basketball, you know, life after college sports. And so, um, and then I get to be with a lot of great women that, you know, are really trying to, to help these women mentor, you know, we raise money and, and support the team as well. But, uh, and then we go, we, it's fun to get to go to the games and kind of follow the team.
1: Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I, I played a, a, varsity basketball in high school. And I remember, like, I think back to it even now, you know, a, a basketball practice is like, probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. And so like doing like work day to day, I kind of like, Oh, well, at least I'm not at basketball practice. Like, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah. I just see you like doing like squats back and forth across, across the Okay, So
0: I'm going to date myself, but did you play six on six basketball, half court basketball, or was it full court? We did full court. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was back in the day where it was, six on so three on three, basically. And uh, you had boards and you had
1: guards and you couldn't cross the the half court line. Oh, wow. Nice. That sounds, yeah. That's well. I, I actually would have really liked that because running back, <laughs> would be very, very tired. So, um, but yeah, well, I guess, uh, you know, I want to wrap up, you know, you don't get to, uh, get out like everyone else and, you know, just get the top four going. I think it's, you know, I, I'm really interested to hear your top four. Cause it's one of my favorite parts of every episode is kind of learning who are the people that inspired these people, you know, that I admire. So, so yeah. And it, who are your top four? I know. I love this where, uh, cause the
0: saying is, you know, who, whoever you have around you, that's going to reflect your future. And so um, I love that we always ask people who are the four people, the kind of mentors or friends or people that are around you. Uh, so Um, For me, you know, I mean, it depends. I could list so many people because there's people that I've read or studied under or done things that, you know, have been interesting. So let me just kind of talk about people that have had maybe the biggest growth for me um, in some way. So I remember my first boss, you know, my when I was first adulting into the uh, I worked for a Fortune 500 company and they were architects and engineers. And I was in public relations when I came out. So I I landed in this business development role under a VP that ran that division. And they were an international company. And I was, you know, I grew up in such a small town, went to OU. And so I kind of landed. And I'll never forget the education I got around networking and building networks and how you. Because you know we were doing basically sales, sales and marketing, really, how you went through that back then it was called building building your rolodex and, and so Pat McKee was great, you know the relationships he had, he, if he landed in a city, he was not only there for his meetings but then he was really there to network and, and it was very much a two way street it wasn 't always about hey, I, can I get business from you?" It was a lot more of what can I do for you. He spent a lot of time helping other people and, and kind of in his professional association doing things. So that's where I really learned the value of getting involved in your community and being involved in certain uh, professional associations. So I'd say probably he was kind of key for my development. There was another lady when I started... I bought the franchise for the Executive Women's Forum years ago when they had started. And there was a lady named Jelaine Borth, And she was probably, you know, I was a very driven type A, you know, climbing fast as I could. And I had just really started my own business, bought this franchise. She was the first person that I really saw that had embodied um, not necessarily the corporate education or demeanor but she brought in the whole what what would have been the leadership the emotional intelligence the psychological pieces of teams and companies and that was fascinating because she had a you know she I love her she's she just wrote a book on poems and she does great still does great things she's retired since but um I love that because I learned a lot about like the basic needs of humans and she would strip it down to really when she taught leadership which was more about let's get to who the person is because if you can touch the person then that person feels like they're part of a team and that you care about them and they're going to perform at a different level so I loved I loved in that space where I really was able to bring a lot of kind of non-traditional things into back then into what I did um my business partner, Bonnie Hageman, you know, we've uh, acquired EDA executive development associates uh, years ago and just in time for the um, downturn in the 2007, 2008. So we always say we learned to fly a plane upside down and we kind of came through um, that recession and have built, you know, that company and have had it. And um, and so having a partnership for that long with somebody Uh, we are a lot of like, and we have things that are very different about us. And I think it sharpens our saws. And, um, um, you know, we, we always say, there's two things that we say, you know, we, it's, there's this, um, oh, it's a thing called man in the ring. We, we only listen to people critiquing if they're actually in the ring, like, if we are, you know, if they're building a business, if they're in the trenches, if it's right. just a critic that sits outside that you know is giving us this negative input or criticizing, then you know, we don't really pay much attention to it. And then we'll always say, We have to get up one more time, then we're hit. <laughs> and one more time, then you're knocked down. That's all you have to do. And so, you know, there's been times where you know we've really had to kind of stick together and, and, and tough through things, and then we've had some real highs, and so. She, I think, um, she amazes me. At some of the things that she can do. I mean, she's she's a network extraordinaire. She, um, she's an author. You know, she's written several books. She can. She, she's just amazing. So I've really yeah. enjoyed growing and developing. I know you you know Bonnie too. So
1: yeah, um, and if, uh, if anybody wants to know more about Bonnie and you haven't listened, she's actually one of our podcast guests. So yes, can go back and been- listen to that episode.
0: Yeah. And then I think probably Marshall Goldsmith, you know, he is, he and Jim Bolt both, I would say, are kind of the um, godfathers of the industry that I'm in. You know, they really kind of grew up and developed this executive coaching, executive learning. They had, I think, probably one of the first learning networks that was out there. And, um, And then Marshall's written a lot of of books. So he had the concept of what gets you to the top, what those skills that get you to the top aren't going to keep you at the top. And I think that's very true. Um, He has a book called Triggers, which is really good. He's got great books and he's coached at the highest levels. Um, And Bonnie actually reminds me a lot of Marshall Goldsmith. I think she will be kind of the next Marshall Goldsmith of the world. Um, And then Jim Bolt just, you know, he kind of started off... uh, where he tied learning and development, leadership training to the bottom line of organizations, where Mm -hmm. it really made it more strategic to give people in the world I'm in a seat at the table. You know, that's very strategic and how, why that makes a difference. And so a lot of the work he has done and the books he's read that he, we acquired EDA from Jim Bolt and that's how we got to know Jim Bolt. So I would think those two probably have had a big impact on just shaping kind of my career and, um, you know, mentors that you can follow.
1: Yeah, and people that kind of uh, kind of paved the way for the, the structure that then you can build on. That's, that's really yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. And um, I think, you know, last but probably not least, um, Scott Plozowski, my husband, Um, you know, I think it's nice to have somebody beside you that is a continual learner in all specs in all aspects of life. I mean, we do that in career, we do that in our marriage. Um, you know, we've had some highs, we've had some really lows, we've had business success, we've had businesses fail, we've had um, you know, areas with our kids that have been great, we've had areas that haven't been so great. I mean, it's just, you know, when you have a life partner, sometimes things are always up and down. And um, I think there's a lot that um, I've learned from him over the years that I value. And then I think, you know, there have been times where I've just thrown in the towel and, you know, it's like I'm ready to move on. And, and he's been this steady person that, that, that's held on. And um, he's probably one of the best problem solvers that I know yeah and somebody you can always say hey I've got a problem or "Hey, I need help thinking through something um and and he or he'll learn you know he'll go learn about something and, and so I I admire I admire people that are continual learners even late in life and I think I think when you get to a place where you realize that the more you know you realize the more you don't know. (laughs) When you get to that place, I think that's a very empowering place. And that usually happens mid 40s. (laughs) You kind of think you know everything. And then you kind of hit mid 40s to late 40s. And you're like, wow, I really don't know very much. So uh, I guess I I think that's more than four. But um, if I just think through a path, those would probably be, be my
1: highlights no that's a good collection and now you guys are also podcast partners you both have podcasts now so that's pretty exciting
0: <laughs> that that is different different yeah. podcast but different yes podcast yes <laughs> um
1: no well that's great i really i really like that collection of top four and you know we'll list those out um we'll put this episode on and and list all those people out on on the leader spotlight uh website as well and um yeah, I think I think this is really good. I think you know gave our listeners some insights and gave me some insights onto kind of you know what makes you the leader that you are, and and uh, kind of fills them in on on the person behind the podcast. So, a- anything else you'd like to add, Annette, before we skedaddle? No, I didn't think about
0: this, but with you working with me every single day, uh, kind of put me on the spot. I can't really fudge and I can't really say things that sound good. <laughs> it's like, it's like truth because you're sitting there, but no, yeah. I, appreci- I appreciate, I no. appreciate you, Annie. I mean, you are, you are great to work with and, um, you make me better and inspire me. So I appreciate our partnership as well.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, for sure. And I, 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 I can validate that everything said on this podcast is 100% true. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I I think it was cool because, you know, I see how you lead every single day and, you know, to kind of hear um, what has brought you to that point, what are kind of the philosophies behind that uh, is really interesting. And I think also, you know, helps inform then how we ask questions about, you know, our guests too. You know, again, it's like this whole, the whole purpose of this podcast is the story behind the leader and uh, a lot of times we hear about leaders we hear about what they've done but we don't really hear about the philosophy of their leadership so I I think that's super interesting
0: well well, thank you very much yeah and uh, please everybody get out and give us reviews and feedback and if there's a topic or something you would like to have us find an interview for or to
1: address we would love to know that Yes, for sure. And we are now on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So uh, wherever you're listening, leave a review. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, all, Annie here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leaders Spotlight. Make sure to visit our website, Annette. Flazowski.com forward slash Leaders Spotlight, where you can find resources mentioned on this show, as well as past episodes. Check for new episodes of Leaders Spotlight every Friday, or better yet, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at Leaders Spotlight.